seven minutes or so, we'll look back at a week that saw Rishi struggle to get ahead of the Tory sleaze wave, half a million people hit the streets with placards, plus a shocking investigation into prepaid power meters and Boris taking the mic to campaign for more support for Ukraine. Settle into your favourite chair, grab a brew and get up to speed on everything you need to know in seven minutes or so. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. Don't forget to hit the follow button to get your daily updates at 7am. Monday saw Prime Minister Rishi Sunak head to County Durham to launch a new plan for the NHS. Bringing plenty of that maths teacher energy he's made so famous, he had a list of five things that would get the beleaguered NHS back on track. There's five very specific things we're doing. The first is more capacity. The second thing is to increase the workforce. Uh, The third thing was discharge. The fourth thing is having more people cared outside of hospitals. Uh, And lastly, we're going to improve 111. So far, so good. But with more strikes on the way, Rishi wasn't moving on pay, saying he wished he had a magic wand, but without it, controlling inflation had to remain the priority. And Saffron Cordry from NHS Providers says that while it's good to have 5,000 more beds and more ambulances, there's one crucial element that can't be ignored. You can't simply roll out these services without adequate workforce available, and that's our main concern. Health Secretary Steve Barclay says with a £1 billion fund to back the new initiatives, he's confident they can also resolve the staffing issue. Well, we're increasing the workforce. There's 10,500 more nurses this year compared to last year. We're on track to deliver our manifesto commitment for 50,000 more nurses with over 30,000 of those already uh, achieved. New plan or not, Wednesday saw the biggest day of strike action in more than a decade. Striking teachers held rallies across England and Wales with about 60% of schools affected and some completely shut. Civil servants, rail workers, bus drivers and university staff were also involved on Wednesday with most calling for better pay. TUC General Secretary Paul Nowak spoke to the BBC as up to half a million workers went on strike. The decision to take strike action has been made by hundreds of thousands of workers who are just literally at the end uh, of their tethers. After years of underinvestment, Paul reckons it's time for the Prime Minister and Chancellor to talk seriously about pay. But Education Secretary Gillian Keegan says the country simply doesn't have the money for huge salary increases. But what we cannot do is give inflation-busting pay rises to one part of the work force and, you know, make inflation worse for everybody. That's okay. not an economically sensible thing to do. And Dr Mary Boosted from the National Education Union makes it sound like the Education Secretary is in line for some serious detention unless things improve. This just isn't good enough. It's not good enough for parents. It's not good enough for children. It's not good enough for my members. We stand ready to negotiate with the Secretary of State once she gets her act together and her story straight. New polling shows that only 7% of people think Rishi Sunak's able to handle the ongoing Tory scandals. But on Sunday, he took some action at least as he fired the Tory party chair Nadine Sahawi over his tax affairs. The former Chancellor insists the payment was a careless error and the official reason for his sacking was a serious breach of the ministerial code. Still, in a letter published soon after, Sahawi pledged to continue to support the PM. Levelling up, Secretary Michael Gove was quizzed over whether Conservative politicians were struggling to follow the rules. There are always people who will fall short, whether it's in politics or in other parts of uh, public life. So uh, because someone commits a, a lapse or a sin, that shouldn't be automatically taken as, a, a, as an opportunity to, to damn an entire organisation. Monday saw Rishi attempt to reset the focus of the media on the NHS and not on Nadeem Zahawi, but that didn't really work out. Despite clearly not having Tory tax scandal as one of his five NHS points, he was asked repeatedly about his decision to sack Zahawi. 
Rishi was keen to flag the independent advisor's investigation as the reason for the sacking, but considerably less keen to answer questions as to why he reappointed Suella Braveman, who'd also breached the ministerial code. You know, what I've done is follow a process, which is the right process. Integrity is really important. To me, all of you guys want to see that governments run properly, that it's run with integrity, and there's accountability when people don't behave in a way that they should or when something doesn't go right, and that's what we've done. Meanwhile, the rumbling over the bullying claims against his deputy, Dominic Raab, just keep getting louder. Raab, who's also Justice Secretary, faces formal complaints involving at least 24 civil servants over alleged bullying during his time at the Ministry of Justice, Foreign Office and the Brexit Department. But the former Cabinet Minister Jacob Rees-Mogg didn't seem too concerned. I think we've got to be slightly careful about the bullying allegations, but also we mustn't be too snowflakey about it. People need to be able to say this job has not been done well enough and needs to be done better. Meanwhile, former Health Secretary and I'm a Celeb contestant Matt Hancock, rather than sit quietly at home with his third of a million quid paycheck, decided to pop up on Good Morning Britain on Tuesday. He was confronted by the very well-prepared Susanna Reid, who gave him a much frostier reception than his jungle camp mates. Was it reasonably necessary for work purposes? No, I, the, the guidance was in place at the time with the... No, you're, the, t- you're the pivoting. Plus you are pivoting no, to social distancing. I, I'm not sorry, talking, I <clears throat> Not talking about social distancing guidelines. I'm talking well, that about was the, the They were the guidelines that I They that might I want broke. to have been, and you definitely yeah. broke those. Wednesday's Prime Minister's Question Time saw Rishi Sunak under fire yet again for his failure to deal with bad behaviour in his cabinet. At PMQ's, Labour leader Sakir Starmer said the PM was too incurious to ask questions about his former party chairman's taxes or allegations of bullying against Raab, which the Justice Secretary denies. How would he feel if one of his friends or relatives was being forced to work for a bully simply because the man at the top was too weak to do anything about it. Friday saw an EU delegation in Kyiv meeting with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and discussing his country's EU membership application. The meeting came after a week in which the Security Service of Ukraine said it had uncovered an embezzlement case worth over $1 billion at two oil companies in the country. According to reports, Ukrainian officials searched the home of billionaire Ihor Kolomoisky on Wednesday as part of their crackdown on corruption. He previously held stakes in both firms. It's part of an ongoing effort to clean up corruption and impose discipline in the country as it seeks to progress its EU membership bid. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson was back making the case for Ukraine too, speaking in the US to the Atlantic Council. He's called for a coordinated plan to provide the weapons needed to turn back the Russian tide. Let us end this pipette titration of support and give the Ukrainians the support they need to finish this war in the only way that it can and will be finished and let us give them those tools now. While Downing Street's distance itself from the former PM's US visit, Boris was busy on Fox News distancing himself from former Brexit compadre Nigel Farage. Asked about old Nigel's questioning of the Putin missile story, Boris was having none of it. I don't know if Nigel's speaking for the Kremlin. The the Kremlin are, are fabled for their complete refusal to tell the truth about anything that's happening in in Ukraine. And as rumours of a spring offensive in Ukraine ramp up, Russia's been taking a more aggressive tone, with Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov hinting Moldova could be the next victim of a so-called special operation. 
And President Putin had some start words of warning for Western nations who've been supplying Ukraine with tanks. Those who plan to defeat Russia on the battlefield don't understand that a modern war with Russia will be very different. We have ways of responding, and it won't just be limited to armored vehicles. Meanwhile, a former Russian army officer has spoken out against the war, claiming Kremlin troops have tortured Ukrainian prisoners. His former Lieutenant Konstantin Yefmarov describing some of the horrors he witnessed while serving in the Zaporizhia Oblast. During another interrogation, the colonel shot the prisoner in the arm and in the right leg, under the knee, and hit the bone. I went to the commander's and said the Ukrainian needs to go to hospital. He'll be dead by morning from blood loss. Thursday saw energy regulator Ofgem launch an investigation into British gas over allegations that debt collectors have been breaking into the homes of vulnerable customers and force-fitting prepayment meters, sometimes cutting off their gas and electric supplies. It comes after an undercover reporter from the Times shadowed debt agents performing a forced installation on a property thought to be occupied by a single parent and three children. Here's one of the agents giving advice on judging vulnerabilities after leaving the property. If they're just saying, oh, I'm a single mum and I've got three kids and that's, that's not a vulnerability. Right. It is a vulnerability, but I'm, uh, I'm a bit old school and a bit hard-nosed. British Gas have announced they'll stop applying for court warrants to enter homes of customers behind on their bills, and Centrica CEO Chris O'Shea was quick to issue an apology. The thing I say is I'm sorry. It's not acceptable. And, and it's not only that, it's not just the where we've got it wrong, it's wherever you see anything, it's a lack of respect. That's the thing that really upset me most, which is, I mean, these are people. These are families. You have to treat people with respect. Meanwhile, former Labour leader Ed Miliband says the whole prepayment system needs an overhaul. People on prepayment meters pay more for their energy than anyone else. What's clear is that the system is is just not working. Still to come on the standout seven, US Vice President Kamala Harris speaks out on police brutality and Louis Theroux has signed up for Spotify. Right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. 34 years on from the Hillsborough tragedy, police forces have apologised for profound failings which have continued to blight relatives of victims. 97 Liverpool supporters died as a result of the April 1989 disaster at Sheffield's Hillsborough ground. Wednesday saw the National Police Chiefs Council and the College of Policing finally release a joint response to a report published in 2017. And Home Secretary Suella Braveman highlighted the lasting impact of the tragedy. Our focus now is on engaging in a meaningful way with the bereaved families of the Hillsborough disaster prior to publishing the government's overarching response. It's critical that lessons can be learnt from their experience and that they are not lost uh, as we move forward. 
The funeral service for Tyree Nichols took place on Wednesday in Memphis. The 29-year-old was beaten to death by five policemen, all of whom have been fired and charged, while two other officers have been suspended and three fire department emergency staff have also been let go for their slow response. The funeral saw Reverend Al Sharpton and Vice President Kamala Harris call for the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act to be passed. The bill would limit immunity for police officers and the Vice President said everyone has a right to feel safe. This violent act was not in pursuit of public safety. It was not in the interest of keeping the public safe because one must ask, was he not also entitled to the right to be safe? A year after he topped the Spotify charts with his infamous rap, Louis Threw has landed a new deal with the music streaming service. So we can't wait for a bit more of this sort of thing. My money don't jiggle, jiggle, it folds. Oh, he's doing the Louis Threw podcast. Right, sorry, just assumed it was more rap. Anyway, after his TV series interviewing the likes of Stormzy, Bear Grylls and Dame Judi Dench, the documentary makers lined up even more stars for his new pod. I'm here to tell you that I've got a new podcast and it's coming this spring exclusively on Spotify. I'll have fascinating guests. It's going to be great. I hope you will join me. And it's exclusive to Spotify. Did I mention that? This has been the Standout 7, the best of the week from the Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow, 7am, with the Sunday 7. Have a great rest of your weekend.